Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. We've reached episode 676. This is being recorded on May 11 of 2022. I'm Sebastian Peek. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Brett Van Spronberg. It's time for Food with Josh, the part of our show where we go to Laramie, Wyoming, and Josh talks about something he ate today. I, I did eat something today because I enjoy living. Uh, so this was kind of an interesting one. I mean, it, it's not a new concept. It is called the Frito Pie Burger. Now, people have had you know Frito Pies before, which is, you know, uh, Frito-Lay chips, uh, Fritos on, on top of like chili and whatnot. Well, this is the Frito Pie Burger. It's a burger with two patties, chili, queso, and of course, Fritos. And you think... Well, that doesn't sound too exciting. And then you finally get to actually see it, and it's much more exciting. I mean, they, they sprinkle that, that, that special chili powder on top, and uh, the chilies is robust with, with beef and, and black beans and, you know, the red sauce, and it's got a little spice to it. And then you got the, 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 the Fritos that are crunchy on top, and the uh, queso just kind of, you know, miles it out. So... Even though the fries looked perfect, they were rock hard. They overcooked them today. It was very disappointing. I, I swear I almost chipped my tooth on, on a couple of them. Not that I didn't try to eat them all because, well, they still tasted good. They were just really super hard. However, the Frito Pie Burger was really tasty. You can see, you know, kind of the onions, you know, on there. And and I had to take, I, I had to take the lettuce and tomato off and the pickles because it doesn't go with it. However... Leaving the onions on was an excellent idea. And, uh, you know, it, it filled me up. I, I, I am not hungry at this point, even though I ate it seven, eight hours ago. So, yeah, yeah, it, it does tend to, to fill one up and uh, it was tasty. So good luck getting your, your Frito pie burger. Our lead story tonight has to be the most exciting graphics launch in years. Uh, it's the refresh, the Radeon refresh, or as AMD's calling it, the Radeon refinement. AMD Ooh. Radeon RX 6000 series graphics are refined for 2022. And what does this mean exactly? Well, we talked about this before. We've been hearing all these rumors. AMD didn't actually announce anything until the reviews were all live, which is odd, but uh, took a preliminary look at performance here. And I will show that in a moment. But first, let's just look at a rundown. Here's an incomplete look at the current lineup. I will note the 6650 XT replaces the 6600 XT. The price is $20 more, $399 versus $379, but it is the replacement. Once the 6600 XTs are gone, they're gone. Now, the 6750 XT will exist alongside the 6700 XT, as will the 6950 XT uh, exist alongside the 6900 XT. Can I have a question? Where, where would be the 6800 version of, of the 50 series? They didn't do one. So. No. Well, that's why I didn't put it on the chart. So not already only was... is there not one, but they're dropping the RX 6800. Yeah. It's, mm. again, maybe gone. Daddy gone. Oh, okay. Mm. It Love is still old. Okay. Mm. Didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. But the 6800 XT is still... Yeah. That's the one I'm playing with. Pricing, by the way, it 
6750 XT has an MSRP of 549. So that's $80 more than the 6700 XT at 479. And then the 6900 XT's, well, it's not a replacement. The 6950 XT is $100 more. So it's the slightly faster companion and it's $100 more. So the the big deal here is that they bumped up the clocks and they're using faster uh, GDDR6 memory. It goes to 18 gigabit per second effective instead of 16 with the original non-6x50XT refresh versions. And here's AMD's uh, graphic for the current pricing on these new cards, by the way. And hmm. actually, one of the nice things is about AMD, as Josh can tell you, you can actually buy cards at MSRP direct from AMD from time to time. So you can. Yeah, I, I got a 6700 XT. It was relatively painless as compared to previous times. But there is one interesting thing. Uh, apparently, with the 6950, they did increase the Infinity Fabric Clock quite a bit. Mm. And that has yes. uh, a, a net positive effect on the Infinity Cache. Is that what it's called? Uh, I'll know. go with it. I know what you're talking anyway, about. Game cache. We'll, we'll, game cache. we'll allow it. Anyway. Game cache. Inf- it's Infinity Cache on their uh, official specs, yes. Regardless, the 6950 is Infinity uh, Fabric. Yeah, different. But anyway, when they increase the Infinity Fabric, then they increase some of the higher level cache speeds as well. And so, yes, uh, you're, you're going to get a performance boost with the 6950, but it's only going to be so much. Being I watched your Bowers much. Uh, review of the 6950 XT and pretty much his testing validated the performance claims that are out there for this garbage is it's around yeah. 7% faster than the non 50. Yeah. And it's what 15% more expensive. Yeah. Depends well, on that card. depends. Well, it depends yeah, on well, where you're that, buying that's it. kind of NVIDIA math there. Uh, right. Yes. So, that was, in fact, his video is called AMD doing NVIDIA things or something to that. Yeah. Effect. So it's just, yeah. I mean, this is, this is like, the 3090 Ti, kind of. It's it's more expensive. It's a little bit faster. So, anyway. Uh, the card in question for our review was the 6750 XT. And it's a, it's a big card. You can't really tell in this photo. Here's a photo with the original 6700 XT. Oh. Look at that. It, it's it's oh. like two and a half slots. I just yeah, want to use the word fill. Longer. Three I just want to say girthy. I do have to send this card back, but at this very moment, I have not sent it yet. I'm still waiting on UPS label, so mm. I have it. And this this is a, it's no joke. This Don't is give a yourself a hernia. Large oh, yeah, monster. Need a brace. Holy crap. That's ridiculous. It's, you it's could use that big. as a boat anchor. And you know what? It this did a really nice job this using a massive heat sink like this and three fans really yes. does help account for the substantial increase in power and heat con- uh, production that the new gpu provides because what are you going to do we this... have the same architecture it's the same process seven nanometer question. tsmc but you're increasing the same 
Same silicon. Yeah, same silicon. Oh, just, just, just better. Okay. It's just faster. It's clocked up. It's an overclocked card. It's a pre-overclocked 6700, but they're using 18 gigabit per second effective memory instead of 16. And one thing I hadn't really been aware of is that, and just again, watching Bauer's video, which you should do, because he's more knowledgeable about this than I am, obviously, that he said there was an artificial memory speed limit in place when you tried to mm-hmm. overclock the previous cards. And that is gone yeah. now. So you can go all the way up to like 3,000 or some number was the limit with the slider. Before it was significantly lower. So even if you could have pushed your 16 gigabit per second memory on a 6700 XT to the level of this new card, you would not have been able to, at least not without, I don't know, flashing your BIOS. So, and this card, by the way, this Nitro Plus from Sapphire has a total board power of 273 watts. Now, a stock 6700 XT is 230. The new ones are 250, so this one gives you another 23 on top of that. Just so you're not going to be limited by power, certainly. It's two watts short, isn't it, of maximum power? I don't PCIe, know. Uh, I was very confused because like, even in this yeah, slide man. from Sapphire's press deck, it shows the Nitro Plus at 230 watts, which is actually... No, it's not. Yeah, it's that's that's like a stock 6700. And AMD's uh, uh, reviewer's guide showed it at 250. And then when I went to Sapphire's website after the review went live and checked, it showed 273. So one of those yeah. is correct. <laughs> and here's the fun thing about benchmarking GPUs, by the way. it's You can never do it enough, and you, it's hard to keep up if you don't have like dedicated people just doing GPU testing as new games come out and technology changes. Because for the longest time, I was using a Ryzen 9 3900X for the GPU test bench. I have since moved on to a Ryzen 7 5800X because after I reviewed that processor, after AMD finally sent us one, I thought, man, this is so much better in these gaming benchmarks. I need to start using that for the GPU test bed. And I also paired it with lower latency memory. So you can see there's CL14. Uh, oh, 14. Wow. 32 gigs of that G-Skill Trident Z wow. Neo 3600 CL14. So I could not, in good conscience, compare test results done with a 3900X at CAS 16 memory with the 5800X and CAS 14 memory. So I did not. So unfortunately, that meant that as I was putting the charts together and realized this glaring issue, I couldn't use any of my comparison data. So I'll look at the 6700 XT just to give you a bit of a, a picture of where this sits against the competition. But here, oh. here's the big difference between the 6700 XT and the 6750 XT. And the Nitro Plus is just clocked up as fast as it pretty much can go. It was consistently over 2700 megahertz. Like twenty seven, yeah, it's a two hundred megahertz uh, jump yeah. overall. That, One that holds it. That's that's hefty. And look how consistent it was. I mean, there's a few drops here and there, yeah. but compared to the the stock six seven hundred XT, this was just kind of pegging like twenty seven twenty megahertz the entire time. This is well, ten iterations of max. Metro Exodus here. It's it's max firmware configuration, and that massive cooling is able to keep it there. Yeah, even in all of these tests, which is this 10 iterations of Metro Exodus that I ran, it was only in the low 70s uh, Celsius. Now, Hotspot was in the 90s, but the GPU itself 
was in the low 70s. It was mostly in like high 60s, low 70s. Well, and as the benchmarks age, it didn't get worse. Yes. Like it was a dip or two, but it actually did well. I actually had one benchmark that showed worse performance, and I think that was a driver issue, or I did something wrong. I had done F1 2019, and I compared the two, and it was like 30 FPS slower on the new card. I'm like, okay, there's either a major driver issue, or I confused which two cards I was testing at the time. So Have you I tried have to get off that again? Oh, so I just yeah, dropped that. Do I it. dropped that test. Anyway, here is a basic comparison of the two cards, since I don't have any comparison data. And Cyberpunk 2077, we see an increase from 65 to 71 FPS. This is a, these are all 1440 high. So high preset for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. At 1440, it goes from 86.95 to almost 92. And then Metro Exodus, also at the high preset, goes from 87 to 94 frames per second. Far Cry 5, now this is at the ultra preset. And that is an increase of about eight and a half frames per second from 132 to 140, almost 141. So of those few benchmarks, their average is 7% higher performance. Hmm. So, and Sapphire had shown this slide in their press deck that showed between 100 and 108% kind of is this improvement. And all of these results from these synthetic benchmarks, the 3D mark benchmarks, we're right around maybe 107 to 108. So and I'm about thankful for them to use my favorite scale on yes. the charts. I love that. I love the scale that starts at 94%. It's, it is easier to read, though, when you're looking at small differences. Because if you put this all the way down to zero, you're going to be staring at it and saying, it's, it's how much faster? What? It's, what, 6%? Like 5%? 7%? Yeah, it's, so it's, it's called marketing. Yes, it is. Everyone's as guilty the, of it, and I will call anyone out on it, but yeah. So, as uh, as the author of this post notes, nothing in life is free. So, not only does this performance edge involve an $80 premium over the admittedly elusive $479 MSRP of the RX 6700 XT, though, of course, Josh did buy one last week at that price, the Ooh, new card at two draws... At 475 hello? Yeah, AMD Direct, man. sorry. Uh, the new car drew quite a bit more power. Now, the gaming system uh, that I was using, as I mentioned, it's Ryzen 7 5800X, 32 gigs of, th- of 3600 memory. There's two SSDs in there, a Corsair 280-millimeter cooler. It's an AIO. The fans and the pump are all at 100% to prevent any kind of throttling. And the total draw from the wall with this system under a gaming load was 349 watts with the stock 6700 XT and 404 watts with the new 6750 XT Nitro Plus. So that's 55 watts greater power consumption. The Nitro Plus is going to pull more power than a stock configuration card would. But you're still looking at uh, 16% more power. And the price between these two, this Nitro Plus card is not 549, as any overclocked card would be, especially this one that's pretty much the top of their uh, product stack from Sapphire. It's 619. So it has a $70 premium over the the base. Usually those are the Pulse cards, I think, from Sapphire. So that is about a 30% increase over that 6700 XT's MSRP. So if it's me... 
and I'm looking at this. I'm tempted to look on AMD.com again for one of those deals on an MSRP 6700 XT because that would be less than $500 and you're within 7% of the performance. Do you know that uh, on Newegg today, I checked, uh, there are like three or four cards that are under 500 bucks now of the nice. 700 XT. Not quite 475, but you're looking at 498, $495. They're getting inexpensive. Well, relatively speaking. Yeah. Well, and the 3070s and 3070 TIs seem to have taken a quick drop in the last couple of days too. Yeah, they're still they're still pricey though. I mean, uh, uh, 40, uh 6700 XT is faster than a 3060 Ti. And there's yeah. about you know, if your actual, you know, MSRP, eh, you know, 6700 is is more expensive, but if you're looking actual prices, the 3060 Ti is still upper $500. So yeah. 590, 570. Yeah, you're getting you're getting a good deal with the AMD. You're not getting the ray tracing performance, but you're getting an overall good deal. Yeah, you're getting an overall good deal. And I mean, I read through as I do a lot of the reviews when I put mine up, which was a significantly shorter list than many of the other reviews. And so yeah, a lot of them the sixty seventy fifty the sixty seven fifty comes out round about uh, the thirty seventy thirty seventy Ti, depending on the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with your uh, unbalanced test re- benches, uh, wouldn't you say? Yeah, Sebastian? if I look at the original review in which I had yeah. done a bunch of comparison testing, here, uh, here's Metro Exodus 1440 high, and the 6700 XT was neck and neck with a 3060 Ti in most of the tests. They were really close to each other. It was not as fast as a 3070. No. But this new... 6750 XT is right it there is. with the 3750 yep. numbers in almost every case. So yeah, it, they have matched the 3070, and as AMD points out, and as you've read, it does <laughs> even occasionally beat it, which means it's up into that 3070 Ti territory. So at that point, it becomes, okay, this is a lot more compelling if you're just looking at the competition, because yes. it, you, you cannot find a 3070 for less than $700. They are in stock finally, but they're like seven nineteen and up when I was looking. Yeah. So now the interesting thing I noticed from going through because a couple of sites got all three, and I'm sure you're glad you didn't. Oh, I know uh, Tech Power <laughs> Up is probably the one that I can think of. Enduro uh, 3D uh, was another. Oh, one okay. Yeah. Uh, there were actually a couple of them, and so long. And I'll try and keep it short. But the 6650 XT uh, came close to like a 3060 Ti. But the thing was, it was nicely overclockable. Like they got about a ten percent boost uh, on the the boost clock and the memory, and that actually had an effect on it. The sixty seventy fifty XT overclocking not so great, but they were using an MSI version, the X Trio. Uh, so I don't know that it was quite as much of a brick as yours was, but it could have been. And the 6950 XT uh, is actually freaking impressive because they hit about the same sort of an overclock, like 10, 12% overclock. And the, the body thing was already matching uh, what, you know, NVIDIA just recently spewed out. So not in every game. It, 
it's an AMD card. It bounces around occasionally. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. So of the three of them, I actually think that the 6750 might be the least impressive of them. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I think it, as long as it's in stock anywhere near MSRP and it can yeah. perform like a 3070, no problem. It, it's, they're, they're big. I don't know if the other ones are going to be like this though, but, uh, uh, you might need a bigger case. Uh, this is like 3090 territory for size here. Ch- chunky. Okay. Let us let us move to the news. Move. And I, I'm excited about this because, I, I don't know, I'm just a nerd and I think this kind of stuff is cool. Or else, you know, why the hell would I be doing this? But uh, Intel, I kind of miss this. Their announcement of the 12th Gen Core HX processors, I'm thinking, okay, well, naturally there'd be the the HX because, and then I realized, no, HX is AMD's thing. A- yeah. Intel has HK. What's this HX? So I actually so it's into a desktop it. processor with a BGA uh, connection. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because it's a desktop <laughs> processor with a BGA connection. Here is a slide from the press deck, and it shows. Let's see, you take this 45 by 37 and a half by 4.4 millimeter LGA package, and you change it to a 45 by 37.5 by 2 millimeter BGA package, but direct die cooling. Direct die cooling. So this will be cooler than it is on the desktop. That's what we've all been wanting. Is that all delayed? Do any, better hope so. Do any of you remember the 430HX chipset? Mm -mm. Uh-huh. That was was that their first socket, socket seven? Oh, that was a it slot was one of the first. I think it actually it, it supported two CPUs, mm. so it was a higher end chipset than the four thirty TX. The four thirty oh, okay. TX only supported like sixty four megabytes of SD RAM, while the four thirty HX was like double that of uh, was it uh, Sims? I can't remember. Oh yeah. no, uh, dual inline. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. I can only afford the version. It's been only it's been only 20, 27 years. years. <laughs> Seems like yesterday. <sighs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, four thirty HX. That was that was one of my first real good enthusiast chipsets. <sighs> and here we are. Yeah. There's a new era in PC computing and mobile computing anyway. And I'm very excited to share this slide with you. This is the 12th gen Intel Core HX processor lineup. There's seven new processors, Core i9s, i7s, and i5s. I will direct your attention towards the right side of this table at oh. max turbo power. Oh. These processors. That's not a small number. These mobile Workstation processors for workstations and gaming laptops, of course. I, I, think, you, I think you misspoke. I think you misspoke. Laptops said mobile. may be a <laughs> euphemism here. Well, it says mm. for mobile workstations and gaming laptops at the top of the chart. Right. Anyway, Josh, no, do you remember, it's never the, medically remember proven that you remember, remember burning? A, do you remember the term portable? Yeah. Luggable. Luggable. I'm not putting luggable. Luggable. That was it. Yeah. Yes, luggable. See, these new I Compaq is going to come out with one. It's going to have a gas plasma display. It's going to be forty pounds. 
and it's going to be the size of carry-on luggage. Mm-hmm. Um, It'll have its own built-in handle. And it's going to be on stilts because of cooling purposes. For people who listen to the podcast, the mm. processor base power for all of these is 55 watts. Now, you can configure an HK up to 65 watts. The new HX takes it up to 157 watts for the Max Turbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 11th generation high-end product, what was the 11980HK? That was, I think, configurable up to 65 watts, but uh, it could do like brief uh, bursts of, I believe, 108. But I, I would like to see what the actual um, duration limit is for the 157 watts. I mm. just, it's blows my mind milliseconds what these designs are going to be like <laughs> milliseconds yeah. and it, it, uh, first speed there is at the very top there is a 12950 not to be outdone by amd they have a 12950 hx and that's exactly the same as a 12900 hx except that it supports ecc memory and it's uh intel v pro capable so uh, that's the workstation one, and then the one you'll find in all the big, expensive gaming machines will be the i9-12900HX, which does not have ECC memory support. So, anyway, uh, we'll we'll see designs uh, this year, uh, apparently. More than 10 workstations and gaming designs powered by 12th Gen Intel Core HX processors are expected to be launched by major OEMs this year, including systems from Dell, HP, Lenovo, and others. Now, how much extra performance might you get from a processor like this? Well, comparing yes. it to the 11980HK I mentioned, which is their baseline here, it is uh, allegedly... This is an in- internal uh, another one of my favorite axes. Yes, the 40, plus 45% in media... Well, let's see. The 111 is in product development... Wait, wait, you got to back up to that first one. The, you guys are still ripping a lot of DVDs with Handbrake? Just just wondering. I use Handbrake. Let's see. Handbrake, still? Blender, Lux Render, 45% okay. improvement. Now, I, I just have to say, these numbers look great, and they showed some other slides, too. Like, here's your performance increases in things like AutoCAD, well, AutoCAD, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. 3D rendering like Blender. 81% better performance than the baseline. Well, you're comparing... A part with a significantly lower TDP to a part with a significantly higher TDP. So I, I just have to wonder how much the 157 watts might be playing a role. And you can go through the performance index site if you really want to, if you have that kind of time, and read through the system measurement data for each of these claims and see which versions of the software they're using what kind of memory and the graphics card and what's interesting is they they only show maximum graphics power i don't see any mention of how the processor was configured i guess we could look like a specific laptop model like what msi or whatever by default does for the cpu because that's configurable but i did not find any immediate answers to my questions about what was the short... My question to them would be, what was the short uh, duration power limit set to? What was the Tau on 157 set to in these benchmarks? Was it unlimited? What kind of uh, prototype 
monster cooling system did you have or was this a stock laptop that sort of thing because this is all pre-release they I put the in- laptop over an air conditioning vent on the floor <laughs> and then started testing mm-hmm. and a surprise move tonight nvidia has released a technical blog post i saw this all over twitter right before i started tonight that they are releasing open source GPU kernel modules. Hmm. Yes, starting with the R515 driver release, they are publishing Linux drivers with dual GPL MIT license. So it's not just AMD now. NVIDIA has open source drivers. And this has always that been a hacking spot. group had demanded. Well, yes, I think they did. What well, I don't remember that group's name. But yeah, Linux has always been sort of on the short end of the stick for drivers from NVIDIA, unfortunately. And if you were a real stickler, you wouldn't use an NVIDIA card because you'd have to agree to third-party software to install it. So. Well, I mean, they they provided them as binaries, but they usually restricted certain things like being able to virtualize the device and, and things of that nature or have multiple you know, switchable you just, you just couldn't do a lot with it under Linux. Not It wasn't as nice as Windows. Well, but having an open source, you know, that's a big step yeah. in the uh, good direction. And don't worry, AMD is doing the exact same thing and going fully up through open source on their drivers, too. Mm, I think that's or, been I that mean, way for uh, some amount of time. Yeah, for a while. Yeah. yeah. But don't let that distract you from the other big NVIDIA news of the week. <laughs> A little issue with um, some of their reporting, I guess. I don't know. When I first read this headline, NVIDIA's crypto calamity, uh, and some of the headlines that were out there, I thought, oh, no, were they they mining in their own data centers and didn't report the income? Mm. But no, no, this was just like sales of the graphics cards, and this was in the the last mining rush. Oh, this was 2017. Yeah, 2017, 2018 period. So tell me more, Jeremy. I thought you wanted this to be quick. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, long story short is that they got fined 5.5 million US dollars, uh, which for the amount of graphics cards that they sold is, yeah, just a little flick on the wrist. What it all came from was that uh, a lot of the SEC in the US and a bunch of investors were a little bit upset because NVIDIA wasn't completely clear on where the revenue came from. NVIDIA claimed that, don't worry, this is gamers, this is not miners. Uh, miners does account for a, a small percentage of our sales, but for the most part, it's gamers, because somehow gamers are more sustainable of an economy than lunatics that want NFTs and Bitcoins. I'm not saying I'm biased, I'm just saying some people have never really gone through the savings and loan scams, and you know they haven't learned their lesson yet. So anyways, uh, NVIDIA even went so far as to say, you know, we're, we're in, we're going to be putting out these new cards that are going to cripple some of the crypto mining algorithms. And we're going to come out with our own crypto mining processors and we're going to sell these. And this is what we're going to be doing in the future. So don't worry right now we're selling to gamers, but we're not selling to miners. And well, guess what? They were lying through their teeth. It was it was definitely uh, that they were lying, but they were selling cards. So not everyone got too upset. Hence the 
$5.5 million fine as opposed to something huge. But then, you know, go on to today, and while the late LH cards took, um, sorry, uh, how long did they f- take to find that developer's driver that completely and totally defeated the hardware protection? Uh, not, not, man. It was same day almost. <laughs> it was within hours. It wasn't days. It was hours. Oh, okay. So yeah, the LHR thing was already gone. Uh, the CMP uh, that they were selling never really sold very well at mm-hmm. all. And so now NVIDIA is still trying to say that, you know, no, we're not selling to miners. Not that we care because they still pay as much as a gamer does. Uh, but yeah, so there's been a, a release that has proven that they can bash through every single one of NVIDIA's supposed hardware mitigations for crippling mining on RTX 3000 and before. And yeah, you, you're, you're quite happily mining at full speed. And I guess the investors are a little bit upset about this because, well, maybe they're not. Maybe they had their NFTs funged. No, they, have, they, they don't have a sense of humor about this. With that money. Yeah. And then they <sighs> sold them for a couple hundred bucks accidentally. And yeah. now they can't. So yeah, I mean, what baffles me about this whole thing is that NVIDIA got fined for selling graphics cards. <laughs> yeah, they, they lied. Got fined. Everyone yes, lies. That, that. Do we need 10 gigabit per second networking at home? A lot of people think so. We don't even have 2.5 in any widespread use yet, but don't worry. Wireless will soon be faster than even that 2.5G NIC in your motherboard. That isn't really connected to anything that can make use of it. Wi-Fi 7 is coming. Tell me more. Okay, you know, back in the day when internet connection speeds were low and your network local was fast and you finally had drives that could absorb some of that speed, 2.5 2.5 and 10G in the home would have been useful. I mean, you reformat a machine, you pull over these large files, uh, you know, benchmarks, games, whatever. It, it would have saved a tremendous amount of time. And now you just install everything on a second drive and you scrub your OS drive and you down things from the internet at one gigabit. And it just, the whole, the whole balance has changed for, for the home network. Cause you thought bigger, faster, going to be better. I'm going to be more useful. We're going to do streaming. All that is, it's just not a big deal anymore. And so I've been looking at 2.5 G ethernet, it doesn't make any sense. And now we've got Wi-Fi 7, which is 10 gigabit. And do, do, does anybody see a use case for this anymore with the way infrastructure has evolved? I am really upset that my video calling when I am doing Wi-Fi is kind of occasionally laggy and choppy. So you need to upgrade to Wi-Fi 7, which has more bandwidth but it has the same latency. Well, no, but it's got more bandwidth. 
Yeah, but it, it's 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 wireless. It has the it's same. Not a, it's not a stronger signal, so you're still going to get. Yeah. Eh. But hey, well, uh, one of the devices have, that they're selling, which and Josh, have, you might actually be interested in this. One of them they're doing is a quad band sixteen stream uh, Wi-Fi router for repeater, uh, uh, depending on what you want. So it's an aggregate 33.1, but it can actually do full 16 streams and it can team them if you've only got eight or so people on there. So it will slightly reduce the amount of people whining about Wi-Fi in the office. Hmm. Not by much, but it will by a bit. Uh, The cost to buy that is probably going to be obscene, but I mean, that's my usage case scenario is less... People that sounds like bothering. it's carving up the spectrum based upon user count. Well, that's well. Sebastian has uh, learned the wonders of uh, doing mu mimo benchmarking. Yeah, mimo. Yes, this is a, this is an issue. This is the problem that mimo was designed to to solve. You, you, and that the fact is is that only one device can talk to an antenna at any particular time. So you end up with weird latency and, and drops and gaps and stuff. And it's never going to be good as hardwired. Unless you're the only person on it or the only device on it. Yeah. But Which is very common. And you're out in the middle of nowhere and nobody else has a Wi-Fi network near you. And there's no yeah, there you congestion go. and yeah. interference. Sure. And there's no Bluetooth fighting and no cell. And yeah. yeah and, and no one, no one starts a microwave oven. It's like the two <laughs> ways the, that the, you, Go the punchline of this all is, this is Qualcomm. This is Qualcomm presenting the Wi-Fi 7 standard to the Wi-Fi group. And this is, you know, an old tradition uh, that uh, someone, some company presents, you know, hey, here's the PCI spec. I know that you guys didn't do it, but yeah, we figured it out. Either take it or don't. And so I expect that this is going to be, you know, the new standard once the uh, Wi-Fi group gets on it. But the amusing thing is, yeah, it's Qualcomm come up with this purely. You know, I, I understand 5G, why they they introduced 5G, because it's incredibly bursty. Your cell phone only does so much with the stuff that it has. And so it makes more sense to have really fast bursts to individual cell phones and then chop them off. Because they got all the data they need for a while, you're going to use that spectrum for other one that needs something. And you do that really, really fast. Cuts them off. Do that for, you know, thousands of other cell phones in in range. And that makes sense because you're not causing extra latency. Uh, people are getting the stuff. And it, and it just downloads really, really, really fast bursts that your cell phone can use. And that makes sense. But... You know, 10G in the house is, it seems a little overkill. But you know what? I can't see 10 years in the future. Who knows what will happen? Especially with VR and AR. It's going to happen. It's going to be big. If this was, if this was super low latency, like to the point of being virtually indistinguishable from wired, then that would be a big deal. But if it's just more bandwidth... Most people do not have the equipment 
take advantage of it, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, they're looking at this as a whole new industry. Qualcomm's going to sell so many of these chips and all these new 10 gigabit per second, oh, 7 yeah. routers. Sure, 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 access sure. Access points, USB adapters. Is there finally a reason to upgrade to Windows 11? It could hey, be they the keep sound up. recorder. Yeah, but they still haven't brought back Movie Maker yet. Oh, okay. But the other... Uh, <laughs> Uh, we don't have any sponsors tonight, so they've unfucked uh, sound recorder <laughs> or voice recorder, as they called it. Oh, Jeremy, I really, is, yeah, I, I really wanted to do the whole, like the whole, please, sir, please try Windows Eleven, please. No, <laughs> That's how I wanted it to come across. <laughs> they're not quite that desperate yet, because if they brought it's back Movie there. Maker, it would be. Because that's something that everyone's been screaming about since they dropped it uh, back in Windows 10. Uh, yeah, so they've the voice recorder was kind of crap, and they sort of brought back the original uh, sound recorder where it originally could only record in sixty second snaps, but you didn't realize you could splice them all together and make long enough to say record the entire. BBC release of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy sextuplet uh, release. Uh, yeah, so they've tried to make it a little bit better. And honestly, this is the only thing they've done that sort of makes Windows 11 even slightly tempting to let me go back and start beta testing OASs for Microsoft again. Because it will now do the proper visualization. It still keeps the trimming. Uh, it will let you put uh, marks so that you can jump back and forth between where you're working on uh, in the audio file if it's fairly long. It's it's They keep giving stuff that they took away back in the hopes that we'll upgrade to this new one. Man, Media Player looks exactly like iTunes here. You don't... Well, but it iTunes doesn't have rounded stuff. edges. Oh, okay. used to look Well, like. it kind of does. Look... Yeah, look, I, look I'm seeing rounded... the controls at the bottom. Yeah, right. Oh, it's the controls at the bottom. Oh, excuse me. Absolutely. <laughs> getting <laughs> indigestion looking at Windows on? 11. Every time yeah. I look at Windows 11, I get indigestion. What <laughs> show is this? I don't even know. <laughs> it's not exactly a, a showcase for our very best effort, but... <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And they yeah. gave you back MP3, WMA, and FLAC. You don't have to just export in WMA anymore. Flack. But please yeah, stop laugh. showing me Windows 11. It just upsets my stomach. The nags. The nags are horrible. So far, I've got, I've got like, I think all my computers so far, Windows 10 keeps telling me that I'm not eligible for Windows 11 because I have no TPM. You turned off I the don't TPM. Want I have like layer GPOs at work that disable TPM as best I can mm. because a lot of it's BIOS level. So if the provider decides to enable it, the next BIOS update, well, it's enabled. Thank you very much. Can I have another? <laughs> All right. Let's quickly talk about the game on our list tonight it is Hard West 2. It is in open beta on Steam right now. Free game. Give it a shot. They are just letting you see the very first beginnings of it. If you played the first one and you hated it after the second that you played it because it's a stupid mining simulator, well, you missed the whole thing. It's a bunch of bizarrely connected scenarios which are 
kind of tied together and hard west 2 is a little bit more of that uh they've incorporated two new things one is uh if anyone that's young knows gears of war never played it but gears awarded gears tactics where every time it's a turn-based one where every time you kill someone you get your full action points back XCOM style turn-based action points and you can just keep chaining on and chaining on and chaining on and chaining on and yeah you can do some pretty horrific things the other nice thing about it was that in the original game you could do ricochets so there were certain parts of the map that if someone was hiding behind cover well you could bounce a bullet off of one cover or one piece of metal and onto another and hit them in the back that's, in that's actually West fairly one, interesting like it yeah, in Hard West 1, you didn't get much of that. It was there, but it wasn't a lot of it. In this one, every map is coded in them. And it's it's quite mm. like that. You just saw yeah, right that there. Was, yeah, that was cool. Done. This is like Dungeon Other, Siege in the Old West. Oh my kind gosh, of, Dungeon Siege in the Old West. This is like XCOM as well, I could see. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's turn-based XCOM with cover and everything. Uh, but yeah, it does look a lot like Dungeon Siege, doesn't it? Yeah. I wonder if that's the same uh, engine. I, it, it's fun. It's free. It's only going to cost you time and a little bit of space in your drive. Give it a shot. Kaspersky uncovers fileless malware inside Windows event logs. Wait, who's responsible what? for that? This is the first time they've seen this type of malware hiding method. It's 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 so hard to explain. You have five minutes. Place shell code I, 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 in the I, Windows I, event logs. Yes. This, this, this reminds me of Log4j, but sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, it's so much worse. Ooh. It's so much worse. And, like, honestly, I don't even have the, the, the full uh, cybersecurity knowledge to understand the entire flow of how of this works. But essentially what they've been done, it, the, the good news is, is, we'll start with good news. You do have to be tricked into downloading something and mm-hmm. putting it on your computer. So just every workplace that, that gets these off. phishing messages every single yeah. day. like No problem. Yeah, like thousands of them every day. Yeah. And Let's if, just assume like, that people are clicking the links. Yeah, no, they are. So this, this bloody thing, what it does is goes in and hides code inside a Windows Event Viewer. They are literal logs inside of Event Viewer, but they're actually code. But they're relatively quadruple encrypted, and they're encrypted using different encryption software that they've made to work well. Uh, Once it's in there, it does a really quick communication uh, outside, which uh, could either be through a pipeline or through a, uh, HTTP. Depends. It'll do it. Uh, no, Maxius, you won't even see them there. They're encrypted. Uh, and it uses a bunch of code that they borrowed from Cobalt Strike and Silent Brick, which are two really, really good uh, pen testing companies. You, you, get, you buy their software to penetrate your own systems. But these guys have got a hold of it and done it. And so the shell code, which is encrypted, will occasionally just sort of 
overwrite like NTDLL and a couple of other things, except they've also got internal signing on them. So the, the, the normal scan for a virus is just going to, oh yeah, it's signed. They don't check that the fact that the only signature that Kaspersky's ever detected was from this virus. It just, it's signed. It gets, oh my, it, it gets so much worse. I, I, I really haven't even been able to grasp how well this goes, but it, it just jumps into everything whitelisted on your system because now it's already whitelisted. Not going to get scanned. All it's going to get, you still uh, signed? Yep, I'm still signed. All right, see you later. Except you're not. And yeah. It's horrifying. It, it, it's probably even worse than what we've been dealing with with Log4j. Well, the, the log level attack reminded me of Log4j. That's yeah, no, it the, does. The style of attack. This is baked into your OS, not the uh, add-on you're running. Don't ever open up email attachments of any kind. No. Don't answer Stop clicking on any links. Stop clicking links. Mm-hmm. That's the big one. Please. Please, people. You you are not a millionaire. No one loves you. You're you're not getting anything for free. You didn't know your win a car. No, your Bank of America account does not need you to click here to reset the password. You're not in danger. The police are not coming to pick you up if you don't click here to pay your cable bill. And, please, uh, no. The IRS the is not going to arrest you. Apple has not gifted you a free iTunes gift card. You didn't just win a new iPhone. Okay. What right, you're such I'm a FedEx doesn't need your information. Uh, yeah, you do not need to verify your information for anything. Okay. Your utility company is not looking. Yeah. at Your credit card, forget it. Just as well, except for this. the link we're all about to send you. Uh, in which case, you are going to verify yourself as a fan of PC Per. Well, that's yes. fine. You should do that. As, the sad thing is, we're not actually going to do anything. Yes. Click it. yes on that message. Since we have special roving correspondent Alan Malvin Malventano. I believe is how it's pronounced. Is that correct? Mr. Maltavino is on the show <laughs> to discuss. For some reason, I don't know, Brett called him. He's like, hey, this this story has you all, all over it. You should come on. And Well, I had just seen Alan a few days ago. He's in D.C. visiting. So oh. uh, we met up a few days ago and I ran across the story. Yes. And I'm like, this would be perfect for Alan to come and comment on. So I asked him and here he is. He's made us... Uh, an unusual uh, request uh, and responded and is connected on his phone even because he had no way to broadcast and I'm, in any other way. And I'm currently and I'm currently looking at schematics. Okay. <laughs> of course he is. See, this is where the iPad would come in handy right now as your second screen. I'm looking I'm looking at cooling system schematics. Yeah. Of course. Quite possibly okay, so on a Tesla display that he's removed from a Tesla and is just carrying with him. Yeah. Obviously, this store is just happened. Just happened to have it. Is okay. So yes, yeah, Tesla this is, related. Just to preface this, this is a Tesla story. Here's here's one up at Tom's Hardware, but there's been this story going around that uh, Tesla has soft recalled. I'm not sure exactly what that means. 130,000 cars due to overheating Ryzen APUs. Now, there's let's jump to all sorts of conclusions here. Yes, but yes, let's. Alan's actually trying to study the schematics to see how the, the cooling system works because this article says that the CPU, or APU in this case, is overheating because cooling is being diverted 
to car batteries during the preconditioning process. Now, I, I used to own a hybrid car. I know that they explained to me uh-huh. that the way that the battery venting and cooling system works is it actually does take in cabin air. There was uh, It was the back right passenger seat that had this, this uh, grill, and it would draw in cabin air down and cycle it over the batteries to prevent overheating. That was a different... That was vastly different than how a Tesla works. Yeah, and that was those were also Very nickel different. cadmium or nickel metal hydride battery packs in the Prius. Mm. So, yeah. Hmm. How does Tesla the Tesla packs work? Are just water cooled. Yeah, there's no okay. there's no air path. There's no air path across the pack. It's sealed. Um, but what I found interesting about that article is it says uh, that this thing happened like the you know. The Ryzen is overheating, but only while it's preconditioning for approaching a supercharger. And that's that's the opposite of what happens when you're approaching a supercharger. It's not cooling. It doesn't cool the battery. It heats the battery before you hit a supercharger. Because it's trying to warm it up so that it takes the charge faster. Because if okay. you try to, charge a, try to charge a lithium battery really fast when it's only like at room temperature or cold like if it's just cold, uh then that's it'll charge slowly right if you want you want it to charge faster superchargers are like really fast especially the newer ones that are like 250 kilowatts so it's charging the packet like you know 3c like three times you know one in theory it would go from empty to full in one third of an hour but of course that it doesn't stay that way because as it gets fuller it tapers off but like you know for like the first third of the pack or so it's it's super fast as far as it's charging rate uh, so to be able to do all that, it just as you're driving up to the supercharger, like if you put it in an app, if it's if it says, "Hey, you're approaching a supercharger," it like pregames it by trying to heat the pack. So I don't know. I was looking at the cooling system schematic for it. It's supposed to be able to cool the the CPU at the same time that it heats the pack. Like that's a mode that it's supposed to be able to work in. But maybe something's acting up. Or something like obviously if they if they can fix it with firmware then it just must be something that somebody uh, didn't uh, configure the right way somewhere. That would be my right. first question: the is system- if they're not physically reconfiguring where that processor is, it can't be physical, can it? Like it's it's got to be well, a no, software. It's, thing. It's, no, it's I mean it's in a coolant loop in a system with a bunch of different valves that can divert cool or heat to a bunch of different places right and so it's just a matter of is the ryzen getting cold water or hot water so maybe something is just going a little backwards but i didn't think that there was even a mode where it could heat the the ecu (laughs) like why would you want so so is this is this kind of like bill o'reilly is in your car and as you're approaching a supercharger he yells screw it we'll do it live We'll fix it in firmware. Uh, maybe. <laughs> and blows a lot of hot air on the processor. Yeah, I thought that's the direction you were going with that. And so, yeah. Oh. Honestly. <clears throat> the NHTSA is the one who came up with this theory, apparently. Well, okay. So, well, I, I think it was that article that was kind of embellishing a little. Unless the oh, unless NHTSA okay. themselves are the ones that were explaining that it happened just for preconditioning. Okay. But I don't know. It just, I mean, it could, it could be that it only happens during preconditioning, but just due to something other than the fact that you're trying to heat. 
beat the battery. The other valve turned the wrong way somewhere in the in the system, right? But there's a lot of those things for Teslas where the, the NHTSA gets involved because technically it's a recall and they have to send out letters to everybody and they have to follow the whole procedure, even though it's really they're just doing a firmware update. So it's kind of, well, you know, it, I don't know. It was they're causing practices this, this though. Alan, it was causing the central screen to go black, which has so many control points yeah. or control options in it. So that you have to we control so many car uh, systems in the car, right? And once the, the central no, right, screen right, right. Just, goes black, that's right. Yeah, um, but my the, my my kind of like you know what I find funny about that they have to announce it as a recall. It's really nothing more than. Everybody already gets notified, like the cars download the firmware and then you get notified on your phone, like, hey, there's a firmware update. So it's, there's already, I guess my point is, there's already a system to like tell everybody, hey, there's an update. And you know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's like having to receive a letter in the mail because there's a Windows update. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's the equivalent, right? It's like Microsoft sent me a letter. They said I should really update windows right now because of a security issue or some important issue. Right. It's just, I don't know. I, I think it's just an, an antiquated system combined with the more modern car manufacturer. Right. And it's not, it's probably not just going to be Tesla moving forward. Right. The other car makers are probably eventually going to do the same kind of thing to where enough, well, I mean, a car, you know, that, firmware. That up, does seem a little mean right? though. Because I don't think Tesla recalls every second Tuesday of every month. It's like every third mm. month or so. Mm. Now, just like all the CPU manufacturers, they're just going to send out a firmware update that they forgot to change the cooling parameters between their old Atom GPU and the new Ryzen APU requiring more cooling. I mean, that was the word in the article. No, I mean... Well, the the atom wouldn't be as effective because it it consumes a lot less power. Well, there was that was it you right know, the there. T- the, 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 t- the TDP is lower, but but I mean it's a water cooling circuit. I don't think they changed the diameter of the coolant lines just for the newer ECU. Um, mm. And also remember that same module, like it's it's a it's a cooling plate that's sandwiched between. On one side, you would have the atom or the Ryzen, and then on the other side you have the pair of autopilot computers, the redundant autopilot computer chips, which is which are SOCs, right? And those things actually probably consume more than the Ryzen do because the, just the autopilot hardware consumes like a couple hundred watts when you have both chips running. Um, yeah, that's like 150 so, you know, watts to 200 watts a piece. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they had to have you know, a battery cooling you know, for that car already. But what's what's really what's really puzzling to me, like why why would the Ryzen overheat? It's connected to the same plate as two other chips. The other two chips aren't overheating, and they consume a lot of power. So and they're making heat. So like why why are the other two chips not cooking? Like I don't. The APU is just weird. more sensitive. It's the sacrificial chip. The sacrificial chip. Yeah. So, so there you go. There's there's the there's the big old coal plate, and like those are not small cools. You know, how in the hell would it overheat I mean, in that? Yeah, exactly. That's why that's what's so surprising about this. Like, I, it's it kind of makes me wonder if if it's not either just shutting off coolant flow because of something that the valves are switching to when it tries to do that, you know, that mode, or uh, or maybe it's sending hot water to the thing. I don't know. Yeah. Like, 
What else could it be if it's not it's hot water? I mean, something. Well, I mean, if it starves it of of coolant flow, then yeah. I mean, you've got three chips on a like you know, it's going to heat up, right? If there's no coolant flow for some reason. Um, on the schematic here, it looks like there is a bypass valve around it, so it's a rattle flow mm. to the to that whole thing. Unless I'm reading the schematic wrong, it does look like a computer controlled bypass valve. I don't know. It's weird. Weird stuff. Cars do weird stuff. It's especially, you know, the Wild, more wacky. Uh, the more complicated you make them, the more things that can be misconfigured. And Tesla has a habit of misconfiguring things frequently. You'd be surprised. <laughs> when our 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 Model Three went a good two years where every winter the auto there's the autopilot computer camera that's on the front windshield and it has its own dedicated defroster lines on it and uh there was two winters in a row where it would just refuse to defrost the autopilot camera like they they would fix it just in time for summer and then like <laughs> they would break it again during summer and then when, when the next winter came around it'd be broken again and then they'd fix it again at the end of the winter so that happened like yep. two years two winters in a row and it only really affected people that were in just the right kind of climate zone where it was humid and freezing, right? So then the inside of the camera would fog up, basically. It had to be just the right kind of condition, which I assume does not happen in California. So, of course, nobody, you know, nobody in the Tesla factories or the Tesla employees had a clue, right? It was just, or, Texas, you know, or Texas now, I guess. Uh, well, it's yeah, especially Texas really. isn't going to have the same kind of weather. Right, it gets yeah. a little warm. Yeah, yeah well, but it was you know, just the funniest. They thing. shut down like, nuclear plants now and then with the cold. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But the, uh, there's 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 plenty of that kind of stuff that happens with, uh, especially with Tesla. Yes, they're, just, they're they're really quick. They're really quick to to cause regressions. Uh, in, in you know, it, not intentionally. They just don't realize it's happening, and then everybody has to like yell at them, and then they go, "Oh, well, whoops, we, sorry, sorry, guys, made it so, you know, your car didn't have like emergency braking or anything all winter because the camera couldn't see anything." Yeah, sorry, <clears throat> Alan. Thank you for hopping in and uh, giving us a touch of Tesla knowledge on this particular story. I thought it was an interesting crossover between. AMD APUs and Tesla. So I immediately thought of you. Of course. Of course you did. <laughs> Obviously, Thank if you. they were still using an Intel product, this never would have happened. So, you know, correct. Just a we, you would not have all. been able to comment on it. <laughs> Don't be seduced. You know, the Atom processor yeah. was maybe a little bit slower, but it was it consumed a lot less power. Once you go red, I, you, know, you end up dead. So, <laughs> you know, I, we, haven't, we haven't played. I don't think I think we fired up a game on that center console of the car once just because it was like in the change notes like oh there's a game oh okay cool how do you get to the game oh there's the game okay and then we just shut it off and never like it's just I don't know I just it doesn't seem that necessary on the center console of the car like you know because because if, if you're traveling and you're charging and you're sitting in a charger for like 20 minutes or maybe this, it, 
usually you're resting because you just drove for like three hours. So you're not going to like, you're not going to immediately fire up a driving game so that you can drive some more on the screen. Yeah, we need <laughs> like, variety. What? I need my entire Steam library you know what on I mean? the center console. Okay, uh, <laughs> we have eight minutes left as we record this until midnight oh. on the East Coast. So let us move into picks of the week. Josh, are you still awake? Maybe. Hello. So anyway, uh, Acer has a 32-inch, I think it's VA, 144 hertz. Ooh. It's... It's 2560 Ooh. by 1440, $270. Tasty. For a, you know, it's free sync, LED backlit. It's it's not going to be HDR or HDR much, but it's dirt cheap. I mean, 32 inch, 2K. Oh, it is VA. VA. Nice. Yeah. Black levels with that VA panel. Then. Black levels are nice and won't look as colorful as IPS. But uh, yeah, yeah it's just absolutely dirt cheap for what you get. I mean, the, the stand isn't great, but who cares? You're not looking at the stand. It's It's just, it's so inexpensive for a 32-inch. Because, you know, back in the day, I had to buy a Dell refurb for in 2009. That was, uh, you know, a 32 inch 2560 by 1600. So, oh, you must have paid But it was, you know, 60 hertz and it had issues, stuck pixels all over the place. And now you get that for a third of the price. What, stuck pixels? And it's great. No, no stuck pixels in the new ones. <laughs> now stuck pixels are cheaper than they've ever been ever ever and you get fewer of them correct. so they're more they're more valuable those stuck pixels yes right they're less they're part they're of less the blockchain important, the denser you get i guess yeah with the pixel the dot pitch but yeah it's just cheap for what you get excellent i really uh, want to I really want to do the second pick because someone brought it up, but I'll go with the Technic one. Okay. Your pick. Because I did not know that book existed, and I really need to know how to make love the Bruce Campbell way. <laughs> okay. But holy crap. All of a sudden in Canada. Sorry, uh, you Americans. You can go to Brett's favorite store and see this. <laughs> but RTX That's 3080 Ti overclocked at $1,450 is within spitting distance of MSRP. It was supposed to be about $1,250. So that is the reason that I actually managed to touch the hardware leaderboard and not collapse into a ball. Mm. I'm working on it slowly. Yay! Yay. I'm working on it slowly because it is still a little traumatic, but I'm not hiding in the corner, hugging the ball, just sort of going, it must be, it must be, <laughs> So look forward to that. I did some quick Googling, and that is 1,115 United States dollars for that card. Which oh, that's still a little bit a little steeper. High. Yeah. 
a little bit steeper than up here, but still, honestly, I haven't seen it for that price and haven't seen it for that price. Do you know, 3080 uh, Ti? MSI at Newegg had an $809 3080 12 gig. It lasted for a day, but it was up all day long. That's just, it was an overclock version too. That's just. Yeah, so is this one. Yeah. Is this, uh, is this novel also overclocked? Oh, it's Bruce Campbell. He is, is always new? overclocked. No, it's from 2006. It's, okay. No, I just had no idea you did it. I've, I've actually listened to his, if chins could kill audiobook, which was interesting, <laughs> but, uh, I've not heard this one. And it's on Audible. Join today and get it for free with your Audible trial. Not sponsored. Hey, wait. This is not sponsored by... No, no. All right. Let me go back. Brett, what is your pick this week? I've suggested these these devices before. Mm, But there's no better time to buy than now. The LG product mix for their televisions is about to turn over. These are essentially the 2021 models, the C1 models. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure that um, that Josh has one that's very similar to this, if not the almost the exact same one. Uh, this price is pretty darn good for the 65, 1579 for a brand new 15 uh, or six, uh, 65 inch C1 model. Like I said, the 2022s are about to come out so if you're waiting oh, they're, they're for right, these, yeah. the C2s are well, they're already out. out. All right. The C2s yeah. are out. So it's important yeah. if you want to get a, a, a nice, nice C1 um, version of this. If I haven't looked at the C2 specs, so I'm not sure how well they compare, but there's been nothing but high praise for the C1s that have come yeah. for the entire time they've been out. You can get an excellent deal on a 65. So I actually uh, looked over at Micro Center of course. And, and the second link is actually uh, the one I just bought. Oh, 65. Wow. In store pickup. Five C1. Only. That's it's a awesome. It's, it's a refurb, but essentially this is, it is, it is, but that is warranty warranty factory. Um, But this is, this is original 55 inch price. And that's a good 55 price. It's 1200. Yes. Yeah. This is a, this is a 65 C1 for 1200 bucks, and I just bought it. I'm going to pick it up either today or not, not today, tomorrow or, um, well, actually, it's almost today. Uh, tomorrow you're only or, getting uh, 90 days parts and labor warranty. That's yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Hey, if, if you're okay with that. It's going to blow up. It's going to blow up. I am up. okay. It's not going to blow up. If I have to, I'll buy an extended on it. But, you know, that's still I'm still getting a great deal on a 65 C1. Hmm. Yeah, mine's only fifty-five, and I paid fourteen hundred, fourteen fifty. Yeah, I was gonna say fifteen hundred for fifty-fives was the going rate not too long ago. Yep. So to see that, yep. even if it is a refurb, that's that's, that's what mainstream. I thought too. Almost. I was prepared to pay around twelve for a fifty-five, and there there were a couple of sales. Best Buy had one for ten ninety-nine for a couple of days. Um, Micro Center had them also for 10.99, but they ran out of new stock, and I'm afraid that's that's kind of done. So I kind of probably missed that. 
So I was shopping around to see what I could find. Amazon had it for about 13, you know, and, you know, I saw the Woot had it for about the 65 for like 1579. So I thought it was a great deal for the 65. You know, and then I saw the refurbs and I read through the reviews and saw that people were saying, oh, it's got 70 hours on it. It's practically new. It's only got 100 hours on it. It's practically new. You know, I'm like, okay, now I'll, I'll take a chance on that one. Yeah, the the OLED panels themselves have a limited life. So that'd be my only concern. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll evaluate it right away. Well, yeah, I mean, everything does, but they're yeah sure it's not like well, you can't really replace the backlight on your led backlit lcd tv either True. so it's that's pretty uh, much no toast. i mean man these are individually lit so there's does that really even count no no it could just be like mine where uh there was some you know corner impact damage at some point and oh, there, was hor- this, there was horseplay there was, was horseplay section of the screen that's just black all the time but you can't see it with letterbox stuff, so it's it's still great for watching films. In fact, it's like the cinema version of. The- Do not invest in them; they'll ruin everything. <laughs> children, small children, yes. well, Do not and invest. dogs. I don't know if it was the German Shepherd <laughs> or the child. I can't quite figure it out. I do suspect it was the, the German Shepherd, dog, the blind dog, or the small child. No, before she was blind, <laughs> and when she actually had all four of her legs, and. Uh, had unfettered access to the entire uh, house. That was such a mistake. I look back on those times like, what was I thinking? Why did I have just no kennels? The dogs just have full reign of the house when I'm not home to do whatever they want. Come home and there's like a hole in the couch that my wife's dog dug. Like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. I only paid $600 for that couch one month ago. It's fine. It's okay there's a hole in it now. It's fine. And then the TV. I paid $3,000 for my 65-inch OLED TV. And then something hits the corner of it. Like, oh, it's fine. It's it's okay. I'm just yeah, well, not the to impact cry. looks like, you know, uh, it had an image of uh, the uh, Enterprise, and uh, the corner was also covered with some blue painting tape. tape. So, <laughs> We're going to let that yeah, go, yeah, are you? Oh, no. No. <laughs> and with that, we bid you farewell. Another week of the PC Per Podcast is in the can. And uh, we will do this all over again next week. And I hope it does not last as long as this recording session has lasted. Though the final product may be a bit shorter than the two hours that we've been doing this so far. See ya. <laughs> Thank you. See Talk ya. to you later. All right. Talk about more computer stuff. Yes. Whatever. For that another was, hour and a half. Castle. <laughs>